All right, Justin, sing me a song that is like a cover of another song, but it sucks. What about this, uh, this, <laughs> this cover that they did of the Mortal Kombat theme where it would just kind of fade in and out that, that, and it was like super techno, but not like in a good way. The song is kind of the, like, if it's the one I'm thinking of, like the new version of the Mortal Kombat song, it's like techno syndrome 2021 or something like that. Yeah. I don't like it that much. Like it was, it was kind of there, but it was not. Okay. It. I get what you're saying. I like the song personally, but is it as much of like, as a fire amped up, let's fucking fight song. No, it's not. No, it's not like, is it as iconic as the original Utah saints version? No, not at all. I think it's like, nah. I think it's kind of like this movie. It's slickly produced, you know, very modern, but ultimately it's kind of flat and nowhere near as good as the source material. Spoiler alert. Yeah. If you couldn't get that by what I asked for Justin's song. I mean, you should know how I obviously already fucking feel. Um, you know what? I'll give you a point for that, Justin. Like I said, I disagree with you. I like this song, but I get it. It's a very apt simile. I get it. All right, Heather, now the pressure's really on you. It Uh-oh. really is. And I'm really, because I'm thinking of a bunch of remakes, but most of them I like. Um, one that is not as good. This is tough, actually. I really thought I was going to think of something. Um, hmm. Nope. I can't think of anything. I'm drawing a blank this time. Tis tis, Heather. I know. No points. The only, you. the only ones I thought of, I was like, no, I like that version of it. Like, I couldn't think of anything. Well, I actually had two in mind. Okay. So, um, if you had said the thong song by, uh, from Glee, when Will sang that, that would count because that was awkward and gross. And the, yeah, I forgot about that. And the second one would be, for whatever reason, this is like critically and like commercially successful cover, and I think it's terrible. Is the disturbed cover of "The Sound of Silence" by Simon and Garfunkel? Isn't that Simon and Garfunkel? I don't fucking know. But anyway, mm-hmm. their cover of "Sound of Silence," I think it's fucking dumb. Like, it just sounds stupid. Like, if you were to take the equivalent of a failing grade on a spelling test and make it into a song, it would be that song. I just don't like it. And see, now that you mentioned Glee, one came to mind. Well, which one is it? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll retroactively give you a point, depending on which Glee song it is. <laughs> it's the... um. I see you driving around town with the girl I All right, love. Yep, nope. I'm like, good. Yeah. Yep, you got a point. <laughs> I mean, it's Gwyneth Paltrow. You can't be CeeLo Green if you're Gwyneth Paltrow, so. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole setup for that song was so dumb. Because they're yes. like, kind of like humming the song or something. And she's like, I know that song. And they're like, you know, forget you by CeeLo? Nuh-uh. And she's like, so yeah, stupid. I do. And they're like, no, you don't. You're old. And she's like, watch this. And then does that song. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Her whole character in the show was actually kind of pointless. But 
retroactively speaking, there's a lot of shit about Glade that's very pointless. Correct. <laughs> I still haven't finished that series. I've seen every episode but the last season. And the second to last season ends just so badly. I've got zero desire to ever finish it. And that's saying a lot that my completionistness in me <laughs> doesn't go, I still need to finish dead. it. Especially because yeah. it's only the last season. You know, if it was like four or five seasons, it'd be even like, I could be like, well, there's just so much that if I obviously don't like it now, there's one season left. I still can't bring myself to fucking watch it ever. <laughs> so. Whoa, kitty cat. What are you doing? Sorry, my cat's being weird. Uh, So you guys want to start this one now? Let's go. All right. Let's do it. Song time. Cinema Slayers. Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight, we will be talking about the brand new 2021 remake, reboot, reimagining, redoing, however the fuck you want to say it or word it or think about it, version of Warner Brothers Mortal Kombat. Uh, this one is streaming on HBO Max and in theaters, so there's plenty of ways for you to go watch it, however you desire. And with that, we will talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with said movie. Now, also, as always, we will go spoiler-free, recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description to help you jump around if you so desire. And with that, Justin, what are your thoughts on Mortal Kombat? All right, man, so much potential. And I really just don't think that we got where we needed to get with this. Um, I, It might be important to just kind of say that I am a fan of the Mortal Kombat video game franchise Own many of the games. Um, my personal favorite ones are um, Mortal Kombat. I, I really love the first one. One and two are like my favorites. And then way like in, it might have been PlayStation 1 or 2, they did an MK Trilogy one where they just put like everybody in one game. And that's like my personal favorite Mortal Kombat game. But the later ones, are they're okay, man. They're fine. Um, Mortal Kombat 10 and 11 were fine. So I'm somebody who's kind of familiar with these characters. I'm familiar with the franchise and everything like that. I've seen the the original two uh, Mortal Kombat movies from the 90s, Mortal Kombat and um, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah. So I've seen those. Um, so coming into this, I already kind of knew about these characters and knew some of the lore and different things like that. And this movie, I felt like there are parts that I really enjoyed with this movie. There are parts that I do feel capture the essence of the video game that there are parts of this that i enjoyed but then almost equally so 
there are parts that have me scratching my head. <laughs> there are parts that just have me laughing at how just like nonsensical it, it is. And not even so much like nonsensical because obviously Mortal Kombat in and of itself is nonsensical. But like characters will say something and then seconds later <laughs> something happens to kind of contradict what was just said or what just happened and different things like that. And it's just a lot of narrative things that just I could not ignore. So for every scene that I enjoyed, there was just a scene that I didn't. And then I was mind boggled by just some of the decisions made in this movie, like why certain characters are in it, why other characters had to die, why we thought we needed certain things in this, you know, why we chose to tell the story we told and then not develop certain people, et cetera, et cetera. And I'll get into more specifics, of course, as we move along in this. So all in all, in the end, I just kind of came out with, you know, with a lot of mixed feelings. But ultimately, I landed on, is this a good film? No, it's not. Just narratively, what I define as a good film, I can't in good conscience just go against everything I've said on past episodes and say that this is a good movie. It doesn't, the, the characters are underdeveloped. It doesn't have that great of a plot. A lot of things in the plot don't really make sense with the narrative that they set up. And there are so many characters. And this was something we talked about when we talked about the preview for this. The fear was, is that you're going to have so many characters and then you're not going to be able to develop those characters. And and the characters that you fail to develop are important characters to Mortal Kombat. And that's sort of what happened here. I just think that it just kind of fell under its own weight um, with everything that it tried to set up, everything that it tried to do. So ultimately you get some things that were done well and then other things that just weren't done well at all. So yeah, really just sort of walked out of the theater kind of in the end, I, I started off excited when I watched it and then I just sort of wound up <laughs> leaving the theater kind of shrugging my shoulders going, wow uh okay that that i think that was my exact words when i walked out of this was uh okay so yeah uh that's pretty much where i fell with this one heather what about you okay yeah i i was a huge fan of the well when i was younger i was a huge fan of the first movie just because i enjoyed the game i played the first game a lot with my brother and like I knew the characters, and so I was like, "Oh, I'll totally be into this action movie." And yeah, I mean, of course, I'm younger than, so what do I know, right? <laughs> but either way, I was kind of a little bit looking forward to it, not in the sense of like I think this is going to be amazing because I didn't expect that, but I wanted to see what they would do with a remake of it or a reboot of it, um, just because. That like especially nowadays, and you know the the way that movies are made now, and just the progression of action movies and what they could be now. I really just wanted to see what they would do with it. Um, I will say that I 
I wasn't expecting much from it. Therefore, I wasn't completely let down by it. (laughs) But I will also say I do not think that it was a good movie. I think it um, had some parts that were better than others. I think that it definitely, um, there there were some tonal shifts that, I mean, I guess overall it kind of had the same tone, but there were some parts of it that were a little bit more um, cinematic and more dramatic that I actually enjoyed more than the action parts of it, which I don't know if that's how it's supposed to be, but that's what it was for me. Um, Hiroyuki Sanada, who played Scorpion, um, I was looking forward to seeing what he did in this because um, I like him. I think he's a good actor. I like him and other stuff he's done. And I will pretty much still stand by, for the most part, that he was probably one of the better parts of the movie. But again, as a whole, there's just, it's, it falls so flat in a lot of ways and it's super cheesy. It's, I don't think that the acting performances are good. I just think that it's all over the place in some ways. And, you know, it's nothing that stands out either. Like no, no fights or no moments of the movie really stand out. So it's really a run-of-the-mill, you know, cheesy, (laughs) whatever. Kind of like when they did the G.I. Joe movies. It's how I felt where I was like, I'm not expecting greatness. I just want to be entertained for a little bit. And, I mean, I didn't hate it, but I definitely wouldn't say, I want to put this on because it's a great action movie or something. So I fall more on the end of not a fan. And now it's on to me. So just like Justin and Heather did, I'm going to give a little backstory about my relationship with Mortal Kombat. I am what some people would call a fan of Mortal Kombat. I may or may not have the Mortal Kombat dragon tattooed on my shoulder blade. And by that, I mean, I do. I am, I am a fan. I have a long history with the Mortal Kombat series going back to the first one. I have played and owned almost every single Mortal Kombat game that has ever come out, including like other editions of the same game. Like when they had Mortal Kombat uh, Deception, it came out on PS2 and Xbox first, and I played those. And then it came out on the GameCube later, but they added Goro and Shanks, or in Shao Kahn as characters. So my ass bought the game again so I could play as those characters. You know, as one does. And I just, I've, I've always loved them. I mean, especially like as they, like the games were probably more pure fun back in the day. When like Justin was talking about like one and two and stuff like that. Mortal Kombat 2 is one of my all time favorite games. Like I think two is almost peak awesomeness when it came to Mortal Kombat followed closely maybe by ultimate mk3 um but then i did play like the next gen where it went 3d like i i do have a special affinity for mortal Kombat 4 mainly because i have one of reptiles fatalities still memorized to this day uh from that game and i then it you know whenever they went into still being 3d um when it comes to like Deadly Alliance and Deception and Armageddon, loved all those. 
I have a very fond memory of Mortal Kombat Armageddon. Justin and I, and and our friend Devin, we we knew this kid named Ryan, <laughs> and he was talking all kinds of mad shit to us about how he's going to beat the fuck out of us in Mortal Kombat Armageddon. None of us had played it yet. He had already bought the game. He had been playing it. None of us had played it yet. And this motherfucker shows up to J- Justin's house, complete with his brought his own damn controller as a fucking Houston Texans garbage ass bullshit controller going to beat our ass with it and of course like every you know shit talking noob when it comes to mortal Kombat, the motherfucker played scorpion (laughs) and we all just kept beating his ass non stop (laughs) i mean mortal Kombat armageddon they also introduced air combos and we accidentally started doing air combos and this motherfucker who's been practicing to beat us was like, wait, how do you do that? Yep, man. He didn't win a single match. <laughs> he didn't win one time. It was so sad, and but it was great. Yeah, it was great. You know, I mean, I'm not the best Mortal Kombat player in the world. Um, I am a reptile main. That is who I play. I like reptile. Uh, second, I do typically, if, if he's in a game, I play noob. Noob would be my secondary character. Um, but yes, I, I am a reptile main, which is very sad because in this newest game, there's no reptile, which is almost a disgrace. The motherfucker's been around since the first game. How do you do this to him? But anyway, uh, but yeah, I love them. And then, you know, when they did the reboots in Mortal Kombat 9, 10, and 11, I thought that was great. And the way they do the story mode in there, I, th- I think is very fantastic. Because it's not you just fighting, you know, rounds and rounds of people. They tell a story. You interweave through a story whilst fighting a certain characters. And I think that that's one of the great things about it is it had this lore to it, but ultimately it was just a fighting game and you would get the character endings. And then when the next game came around, you would find out what character endings from the previous game were canon. That's how Mortal Kombat used to work. Well, it was fine back in the day, but I just now they've got such a rich story to it and they tell it. I mean, so much so that you can go on YouTube right now and just look up the story and watch the videos and it, you will learn the story of the game. It plays out like a movie. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I appreciate that. I love it. They've, they've, they've done a lot of things with Mortal Kombat and I think it's really incredible. Uh, when it comes to the movies and stuff like that, like before watching this newest version of Mortal Kombat, I watched every piece of Mortal Kombat media, if you will, before this. I watched uh, Mortal Kombat Legacies, the web series. I watched Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm, the animated series from the USA Network. I watched Mortal Kombat Conquest, the live-action TV series that used to play after Monday Night Raw in the late 90s. Oh, God, I remember. Oh, I watched Mortal Kombat The Journey Begins, which was that shittily animated PlayStation 1 graphics movie that technically was the prequel to the first movie. I watched uh, the recent animated movie, Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge. And I also watched Mortal Kombat 1, and Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the live-action movies. 
I watched all of it. And like Heather, I, I do have a soft spot for the original Mortal Kombat movie. It's not good. The fight scenes are very mid-90s. The whole thing is very mid-90s. And as much as I am against whitewashing and stuff like that, there is something slightly special, special about Christopher Lambert's Raiden. He's so fucking sassy. I love it. <laughs> I love me some sassy Raiden. I love, like, the ending of the first movie is one of my favorite endings in movie history. You've got Orbital's Helicon plus on plus on playing. They're all walking. Everything's all happy and joyful. Fucking Shao Kahn bursts that temple and he's like, I will take your soul or I will eat your souls or whatever the fuck he says. And then Raiden just goes, I don't think so. And then the fucking movie ends. Tell me a more perfect ending. It's fucking glorious. <laughs> I mean, the soundtrack for the first movie is one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. I mean, you've got KMFDM. You've got uh, Utah Saints, Tracy Lords. You've got Orbital. You've got Fear Factory. Uh, you've got Jukebox Jezebel. It's just a fucking amazing soundtrack. You've got George fucking Clinton doing the sound, like the score for it. It's fucking beautiful. Like that techno industrial, like super like heavy metal soundtrack is fucking glorious. Like I still bump that soundtrack to this day. And <laughs> it's just one of my favorite fucking things. And it goes so well with that movie. I mean, the Mortal Kombat soundtrack is so fucking great that they actually made a sequel soundtrack, not even the fucking sequel movie. There is a soundtrack called More Combat, which is just more songs that would have been in the soundtrack. And then you have this soundtrack to Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which just continues the theme and is the only fucking redeemable thing about that goddamn dumpster fire of a fucking movie. <laughs> the biggest travesty when it comes to Mortal Kombat Annihilation is they get rid of Sassy Raiden. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> you have Hopeful Raiden in that movie. You know what sucks? Hopeful Raiden. <laughs> and they get rid of Johnny Cage, which I low-key love Johnny Cage in the first movie. I think he is a great yeah. version of comic relief in this type of movie. You know? I agree. I just... Yeah, I, he was tight. Yeah, like that fucking scene, you can't tell me when you was a kid. And he like walks, he's walking up to the boat with all that luggage and he walks up to Luke King and has no idea who he is, but you're sitting there going, Oh, that's fucking Luke King. He's like, Hey buddy, when this boat comes, put my bags on it. And Luke King just tosses them in the water and takes the money. And then Johnny Cage goes, glad I didn't ask him to park the car. Man, fucking gold. <laughs> that was 1995 comedy gold. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, you look back on it now, it's got a lot of problems. The action is very, very slow. Um, oh, but what's his name? Carrie. Oh, fuck. How do you say his last name? The guy that played Shang Tsung. Anyway, fucking Shang Tsung in that movie is downright iconically fucking perfect. He is amazing. I have to agree with that. He's so fucking good. When they brought Shao, or Shang Tsung back in Mortal Kombat 11, they used him as the voice actor and face model for it. Come on. Yeah, that was tight. I was happy when they did that. That it, was cool. It it's so fucking good, isn't it? Like He's he perfect totally at it, yeah. fits in that fucking universe. Like it is him. Like at this point, like, you know how like everybody talks about like Wolverine is Hugh Jackman? Well, Shang Tsung is this motherfucker. Yeah. And if you need sure. more evidence of that, watch the twenty twenty one Mortal Kombat movie and tell me 
<laughs> then I'm wrong. It's because Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa. Tagawa, that's right. Carrie Tagawa. But like his fucking faces, like that he makes when he's angry and shit like that, or snarling or just anything. Fucking amazing. They're intimidating. He seems so like somebody that will steal your soul. Yes. Agreed. And they the guy can kind of fight. You know, he can kind of fight. And if you ever want a little bit of trivia about the first Mortal Kombat movie, here's some for you. Bridget Wilson was not originally the one that was supposed to play Sonya. It was supposed to actually be Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz had been training for this movie, like learning how to fight, doing all this shit. But then she got severely injured. She like broke her leg or busted her knee or something. She got really injured. And so they had to scramble the recaster. And that was like Bridget Wilson, who I think had like one month, one or two months before she started filming this movie. That's why her fighting done sucks. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. That's why like her fighting is just very stiff and simple and all this other stuff. Cause that's the best shot they had at the point. The person that was training months for the film, unfortunately, wasn't in it. Doesn't it make a lot of sense now? Like, looking at her fight sequences? Yeah. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Go figure. But, yeah, like, she was, like, fresh off Billy Madison doing this movie. Like, she did Billy Madison, like, and then went straight into, like, working to film Mortal Kombat, like, a month later. It's crazy. And, like, they tried to push her fight to be filmed as late as they could in the shoot. But it's like, how much training can you really do while you're also having to film other scenes and do all this other shit? You're not really still training. You know what I mean? But, yeah, they did the best they could. And I'll give them credit for that. But, you know, alas, there it is. I watched every Mortal Kombat thing ever. And then we get to this movie, Mortal Kombat 2021. And I watched this movie happen. And then the ending credits come. And, like, I'm... I'm filled with this like weirdly familiar feeling when this movie's over and it's like best described by like that feeling when you watch a movie and all you can think is fuck this movie and that's all I'm going to say about it at this point recommendations and scores guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> recommendations and scores um Heather recommendations and scores go nah I mean if you go into it knowing that it's not going to be good and you just want to see what they did with the reboot, sure. But I don't, I don't recommend it in the sense of it's a good movie, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, there were just a lot of problems with it as far as storyline, as far as acting, as far as the action. A lot of problems in general with it. Um, more problems than not problems. So my score is going to be... I'm going to give it 40 flawless victories by Kung Lao out of 100. Uh, Justin, go. Yeah. <laughs> man. Oh, man. Man. I really was hoping that I was going to get on here and be like, oh, yeah, you got to watch this one. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, I just cannot do that. <laughs> um, uh Really, man, I think I'm kind of, I, I was split down the middle. And then by the time I got to the end, I was sort of, it was starting to lean. It was leaning downward. You know, that's kind of what, what, what I walked away with. But yeah, this is just, I really think that 
if you are somebody who is maybe if you're one of those kind of I don't want to say blind fans, but if you're just kind of one of those people where you just wanted a Mortal Kombat movie and all you wanted was blood and gore, you didn't really care about what the story was, you didn't really care about them developing characters because you feel like you already know them. So why do I need to see stories of them? Just give me the blood and give me some fight scenes and give me some fatalities. I think if you're that specific type of fan, you can like this movie. And uh, just based on just what I've seen in comment sections and chats and even my own chat and the, you know, fan scores, that seems to be the crowd that enjoyed this. The ones who can just kind of look away from all of the narrative problems and the lack of developments and stuff like that. Those people seem to enjoy it. And they sort of kind of hide behind this. And I've seen just a lot of people commenting about Mortal Kombat. And normally it's either something like, man, this was terrible. This was a hot mess. Or it's somebody going, man, if... If you came if you came into Mortal Kombat thinking that it was going to have a good plot and all of this stuff, then you're stupid. I enjoyed the movie for what it was, yada, yada, yada. So I feel like there's just been, th- those have been the majority responses I've seen for this movie. It's very polarizing. But to that, just before I give my score, I'm going to do a little rant. I'm just going to say, okay, look, you can enjoy... A movie that is not good. But that doesn't mean that you have to lie and say the movie is good. Just say, hey, (laughs) it's not a good movie, but I was entertained by it. I enjoyed it. I thought that it was cool. I, I liked the content that was in here, but this is not a good movie. I think my problem is not with people who enjoyed it. But it's those people that act like, that say this is a good movie. Now, I mean, and can you really put this in the same company as other movies that are good? Like, you know, there are great movies and then there are good movies. And then there are just like movies that serve certain purposes, you know, like, and we know what the distinction is, like. If you say The Godfather is a good movie, I know that you don't mean that. And, and you say Mortal Kombat is a good movie. That, that that to me, those shouldn't be in the same class, right? Like, there should be a distinction. Like, like you shouldn't just be so quick to use that word good just because you enjoyed it. Your enjoyment does not always mean that the film is good, that it had a good story and cohesive narrative and all of these other things that just because you liked it doesn't make it good. So I just thought that I would say that because when I'd go into these things, I always try to look at, Oh, I always try to be like as fair as I can. Okay. Did I like the movie? Yes. I start with, did I like it or not? But then I have to really look and go, okay, was this like, like, can I really in good conscience say, that this is good. If somebody were to tell me that this was bad, could I really argue and could I really put down some points and argue my case that this is a good movie? And with this movie, I don't think I can. I I, I think if I were to say this is good, 
the moment somebody starts going, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this that didn't make any sense? And what about this? And what about that? How are you going to be able to, you wouldn't be able to argue those points with anyone when it comes to this movie. So, you know, that's kind of what I think. I think that if you're a certain person who will just look away from all the problems it had and just say, well, it had blood, it had, you know, it had the blood and gore, it had fatalities, and I laughed a few times and I was entertained by it. Sure, if that's enough for you, cool. That person will like this movie. But I feel like if you're just an average moviegoer, I couldn't recommend this to you because you would be lost. There would just be so much stuff happening and you would just be like, okay, why is that important? Why should I care about this person? Why, uh, you know, is this the, you know, why are these people angry with them? Like, I just feel like if you were a casual person, I don't know how you made any sense of this movie. If you didn't know anything about Mortal Kombat coming in, I feel like a lot of this really, it was made almost as if they knew that the audience would already know everything. I feel like this, this felt like a second movie. I felt like there was a first movie that explained everything in detail. And then this was the second movie where we're kind of starting to get towards the Mortal Kombat tournament. That's what it felt like. But the truth is, is no, there was no other movie to accompany this. This is it. And God, there's just, it just leaves so much to be desired, man. So that's kind of where I fell on it. So I'm going to go 45 Kano laser eyes as he maniacally laughs out of 100. This movie just reinforces an idea with for me especially when it comes to video game movies. And that is we need to end the mentally and financially abusive relationship we have with video game movies. (laughs) We need to stop accepting video game movies that just have shit from the game in them. It's not good enough anymore. It's not. I mean, we used to accept that with comic book movies. And then notice what happened when we stopped accepting that and it forced movie th- studios to make good ones. I thought we were at that point. Like as much as I wasn't a huge fan of Sonic, Sonic is probably the best com- uh, video game movie out there. Same with Detective Pikachu. They both have severe problems, but God, they at least tried to make a fucking movie. Yeah. You know what Mortal Kombat didn't do? try to make a movie and it's because of what Justin said so many fans out there saying well what else do you expect from a mortal Kombat movie it just has to have some cool fights and some death scenes and that's all i need motherfucker raise your standards exactly have some dignity like that should not be good enough now and you know you know when that was good enough 1995 when the first movie came out because what were the video games really back then a bunch of fighting and some people dying. You play any modern version of a Mortal Kombat game, those shits are cinematic experiences. They tell a deep, engrossing story that is a vital part to the game. So you know what? The movie needs to be the same. We can't accept, oh, there's fatalities in this one. There's blood in this one. They say fuck in this one. That's not 
good enough anymore. I understand that these people wanted to make their own story. They didn't want to be tied down by the expansive lore that Mortal Kombat has through like 11 games. Technically 10, but it's 11. They don't want to be tied down by all that. I get it. You know, they want to tell something fresh. You know how you don't do that? Taking characters and have them not be those characters. You can take these characters and put them in new scenarios. But the important thing is to still have them be the same characters. You know who weren't the same characters? Goro. Rico. Like General Rico is a general in an army. He's not some bumbling motherfucker that just runs around doing shit. You know what also doesn't help? <laughs> doing Adding weird shit to the lore that makes no sense. Like the Arcana. What the fuck? Like <laughs> that's this, not in any storylines, right? No. That, that, they literally made that shit up for this movie. So it falls apart on just every basic level. And then on top of that, all these motherfuckers that are talking about the deaths are cool and all this other stuff. I find it hard to believe that you've played a Mortal Kombat game since 1999. Because every fucking fatality in this movie, I've seen before. So guess what wasn't cool to me? Any of the fucking fatalities in this goddamn movie. Because all it was was the exact same thing from a video game, but now it's live action. No, motherfucker, because you're live action. Give me new shit. Give me new shit. Also, what is a Cole Young? And why does it need to be in my Mortal Kombat movie? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, that was a mandate by Warner Brothers that they had to have a character exclusive to the movies. Because Warner Brothers loves studio notes and they're just oh so good at it. I.e., look at any fucking DC movie. Jesus Christ, Warner Brothers, get your shit together. It's it's just dumb. Everything about this movie is garbage. And we need to raise our standards. I thought we were getting there until Mortal Kombat came out. And it's just the same bullshit-ass affair that we've had before. This is a 2021 version of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, it has names and people from the games. <laughs> But is it really anything like the game? Not really. No, (laughs) not really. And I don't, and nobody here listening to this can tell me that the first time they watched Super Mario Brothers, they didn't try to lie to themselves and say they didn't like it. Like everybody, (laughs) you, you knew it was bad, but it was a Mario Brothers movie and you didn't want to be the one saying anything bad about some Mario. So you said Mm -hmm. you liked it. You tried to make yourself like it. You did. Everybody in the world tried to make themselves like it until that one brave motherfucker, I don't know who it was, but some brave motherfucker in existence went, you know what? No, that was a shitty movie. And everybody collectively around the world went, oh, thank God you're absolutely right. It was shitty. I just didn't want to be the first one to say it. That's this movie. It really is, guys. It's not good. And like Justin said, it can be, you can be fine. You can like it and it not be good. Go listen to our Willy's Wonderland movie review. I know I gave it a great score and all that. And I do truly love that movie. I truly enjoyed watching that movie. Is it actually worth 110 out of 100? No, it's not. I'm being real with all of my fans out there. But when it comes down to it, will I always argue that it's that great? Yes, I will. (laughs) But let's be real. It was a bad movie. Plain and simple. Like, not a bad movie. 
it's just one of those movies that's delightfully bad. You know, I don't, I hate it when people say, oh, so bad, it's good. No, it was delightfully bad. It was the best kind of bad. It was fun bad. I had fun watching it. You know what this movie was? Bad, bad. Depressing bad. I honestly didn't like a goddamn thing in this movie. Because when I got close to liking something, this movie made damn sure it followed it up with something that was dumb and that I didn't like. Erasing any goodwill that the previous scene might have been able to do. So no, I don't recommend this movie. At all. And I watched Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Earth. (laughs) And I would recommend that more (laughs) than I recommend this. And that's all I have to say right now. Because I'm going to go on a rant in just a little bit. Um, I give this... Let's see. I give this the number of reptiles that are in Mortal Kombat 11 out of 100. And I mean currently. So this is what? April 28th, 2021. So there, the number of reptiles that are in Mortal Kombat 11 as of April 28th, 2021 out of 100. And if you don't know, there's zero of them. Yeah, it sounded like it. Best case scenario, there could be one. So it's either zero or a one. But no, there's zero. Uh, spoilers? Yeah. That sound. Spoilers. Is Arcana not the most bullshit thing you've almost ever seen in a fucking film ever? <laughs> Is Arcana the like midichlorians of the Mortal Kombat universe now? Oh, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Ugh. Like, that's what they are. There are going to be kids growing up with Mortal Kombat that are now going to love the idea of Arcana. Fuck off, all of you. Not only is it the dumbest concept ever, just when you think about it, it's also a dumb concept in the movie. Our new protagonist, Cole Young, his Arcana special power he gets is body armor because he gets hit all the fucking time because he's a shitty fighter. Get the (laughs) fuck out of here. Come on. His power goes, you know what, Cole? You get hit a lot. I'm going to make your power hit-based. Here you go, bro. Come on. Why can't his Arcana (laughs) just be better fighting so he doesn't get fucking hit all the goddamn time? Come on. Right. And, like, what the fuck did they do with Jax? Like, he got those little mechanical arms, and then his Arcana kicked in, and he got the, like, super biomech arms. Like... So if he didn't have those mechanical arms, what would his Arcana have done then? Just still giving him metal arms? Like, why did we get two powers that are more or less metal arm based? Come on. And then like, I know Justin asked for comments about this movie and his Facebook and all this other stuff, but can we all seriously get off Kano's nuts? Get fucking over it. Also, Uh, fuck that character. God, he was fucking garbage. He was so he was the worst thing about the movie for me. People loved him. <laughs> yeah, he got a lot of love. He got so much love. Those motherfuckers acting like they the 12 disciples and that motherfucker Jesus with how much love they given him. And he's not worth it at all. He's not funny. His storyline is dumb. He's also because he's a bad guy, 
this movie uses him as an excuse to say racist, homophobic, and misogynistic jokes that you'd like try to give him a pass for because he's the bad guy. So of course, bad guys say those types of things. But then the other problem is they're still not funny. So is it even worth it? Like really? Right. Like that's the type of jokes that they were doing in the, the new predators movie that came out a couple of years ago that was written by written and directed by Shane Black because he wrote the first one. So he put the same types of jokes that he did in the eighties movie in this and notice how it felt awkward and dumb and didn't really work. Yeah. That's the same shit in this movie. Motherfuckers. He's not good. It doesn't work. And it, it's like it all's forgiven because he says all this terrible shit with some unfunny jokes. And then because a laser shoots out of his eye and he starts giddily, like giddily skipping around like a fucking child on Christmas, all of a sudden it's funny and okay. No, get the fuck over it. Come on. Just nothing about him was uh, interesting. Every his story, like of him changing sides. God, if that was not the most transparent and obvious fucking thing that's ever been filmed in movie history, I don't know what to tell you because it was like you had like no way of not thinking he was not going to turn and all just, and then they just throw in these characters and like they did that because they were like, Oh, we don't have Johnny cage in this movie. Who is the natural fucking comic relief for the mortal Kombat series? Johnny cage is yeah the comic relief of mortal Kombat. Yeah. So because they didn't want to put him in, they had to make Kano fake being a good guy to do it. Fuck off. You're not being original. You're not doing, you're not being special. You're not trying to like, you know, subvert expectations on all those other bullshit. No, you just fucked up with your character selection and your writing. And let's talk about how they portrayed the characters because they threw a lot of characters in here. So let's talk about how they portrayed them. I mean, uh, Jax and Sonya, that fine. They were fine versions of their characters. They were roughly a version of their characters, so that's fine. Scorpion and Sub Zero were rough versions of their characters, so in a lot of ways, it's fine. Um, I was actually fine with Liu Kang for the most part. I know a lot of people were like talking about how skinny he was and all this other stuff, but he still really kind of worked as the, as the character, so I was fine with that. Kung Lao was fine. So a lot of these characters were like fine so far that I've, I've, I've said, right. But then you get into Kano and I thought his whole story arc was dumb and they shouldn't have portrayed it like that. It was a waste of everybody's time. And then also to have Cabal, who also is another black dragon member, also a bad guy who knew Kano also be a secondary comic relief. It was very weird. Why did they double down on bad guys being the comic relief in this movie? <laughs> It's very weird. So they did that, which made no damn sense. I mean, rating was fine, I guess, because he was in this movie for a whole 45 seconds total, I think. So sure. I don't know. He wasn't around long enough for me to really formulate an opinion on whether or not he was a good characterization of Raiden. Um, same with Shang Tsung. He's really not in this movie, but when you do see him, God, he really doesn't feel a lot like Shang Tsung. Like, I know we've been dealing with young Shang Tsung for so long, and, you know, originally he was an old Shang Tsung that was like 500 and some years old, whatever. But still, it just, like, if they film a second one, they're going to have to cast somebody younger for them to de-age him for him to fight, because I just don't feel like that guy can actually fight. He does feel too old to fight. So, eh, whatevs. But then you've got, like, Melina, and you've got Natara, and you've got uh, General Rico, and you've got Goro... 
and none of them were good versions of their character. I mean, you could, I guess maybe Natara is, I mean, she's a very small character in the games anyway. She's only in what I believe deadly Alliance and Armageddon. She's not in it much, but she doesn't even have a fucking line in this movie. I mean, Melina was there, but like what makes Melina truly interesting is a lot of times the conflict she has with Katana. So by not even having that in this movie, it's kind of like making a Venom movie without Spider-Man. It feels a little weird. So I don't really like give a fuck about that. Like I said, Joe Rico is actually very smart. He's very conniving. He like, like a lot of the outworld people, it's a lot about betrayal and all this other stuff and, you know, other plot lines and stuff like that. And in this, he's just a lumbering fuck of a person with a gigantic hammer. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody else. Oh yeah. Cole. Fuck that guy. Like what Goro has like what? one line in this movie if that i don't know he mainly grunts he might have said some words i really don't remember if he did but yeah and it's just like so you have all these characters like natara gets like fucking murked as soon as you see her pretty much she just gets like some uh like uh kung lao like hat fucking cut in half which is fine it's and everybody's like oh it's like cool fatality i'm like oh yeah it's the same as it is in the fucking games like literally they I believe they use the same animation as they do for his fucking fatality in Mortal Kombat 11. Like so to me it looked the same. I guess it's cool and all but whatever it it looks the same. It looks the fucking same. Right? So I'm like that's not inspiring. Like that doesn't make me go, "Oh yeah, it's worth this movie." Like all right, Rico gets fucking like head smashed by Jax, which is what Oh, another version of his fatality. So, yeah, not inspired either. Um, Luke Kang does like a dragon flame thing to burn Cabal in a pit of oil, which are there just pits of oil running around Outworld? What the fuck is that? But <laughs> it's dumb. You know, it's not even really violent. I mean, yeah, I guess the guy's getting burned alive, but it's just like a guy like in a dark area just on fire. You know, it's it's not even that spectacularly cool, but it's also a version of one of his fucking fatalities. And then you have like Melina who gets a whole shot in her, but her spine still stays, which I know is like a take on somebody's. There's one fatality that does that in the game where like, literally they burst somebody open and their spine's still in there and they reach in and grab it and rip that part out there. But it's not cool. Like, because it makes no sense. Like she gets shot by a ring that cuts a perfect hole out of her, but the spine stays. How does that work? Are spines immune to her laser blasts? <laughs> right. But even then, it's not even particularly violent, if you will. And then like Goro, which that's one of the worst deaths because they don't even fake a fatality there. He gets his hand cut off and then he gets like, uh, like eviscerated. Like he gets his like guts ripped out by a cut across the stomach. So that's not even a fatality from the game. It's like the start of one. But it's not even like a real fatality. And it's just dumb. And it's a waste of Goro. Why the fuck are you going to introduce Goro and have him go out like that? Are you fucking serious? They make so many points about like actually keeping the tournament like story aspect alive in this. Where they had won nine tournaments and all this other stuff. Because of why? Oh yeah, because Goro won fucking nine tournaments in a row. Come on. You can't have the undisputed champion of Mortal Kombat for, what, 500 years running? get murked like that come on 
Yeah, I hated that decision. That was such a stupid decision. And then to have Cole kill him. I mean, why couldn't Goro have just escaped? How come he couldn't just cut his hand like he did? And Goro been like, all right, I'm out this bitch. And then he could have been, you know, he could have been in the later movie. I, I mean, because why would you kill Goro before the tournament? Like, that that just yes. makes no sense to me. Yes. Yeah. Why would you do that? And there are so many other characters that could have been in that spot. There are so many other, you know, there, there are just so many other things that you could have put in that spot that Cole could have killed, and it would have been just fine, you know? But Goro? Sacrificing him? That, that was just yeah. a stupid choice. Dude, what, what, they could have just done Kintaro. Yeah. Like, he's not, yeah. he's, he's just a general in the Shokan army. He's not Prince Goro. So just do Kintaro. Or fucking, what's his name? Oh, fuck. The horse guy. Uh, uh, Motaro. Yeah. Do him. Yeah. Do yeah. one of those waste of space Motaro. motherfuckers. Yeah. You don't do it with arguably, what, the second most iconic character in Mortal Kombat? Like, for how many years was Goro, like, the unofficial logo of Mortal Kombat? Until, like, Scorpion became popular, so then they made everything Scorpion. You know what I mean? But it's like, the yeah. like the trinity of iconic Mortal Kombat characters, the Scorpion Sub Zero Goro. Like, why are you doing that in this first movie? I understand you wanted to have him fight some big brute of a motherfucker. Like we said, there's other big brute motherfuckers you could have thrown at him. You could have done Moloch from fucking Mortal Kombat Four. Yeah, there were so you, many. You, you other had characters. tons of options. Yeah. Oh yeah, but they do that, like. And it's just one of those things. It's like, why kill off all these characters? Why bring in Melina to kill her? Melina's a big deal character. Like, as far as game fans go, Melina is one of the most popular characters from people that play the game. Like, she's got a diehard fan base. Like, so why couldn't you make, if you're going to have like Natara in there to just be cannon fodder, and you're going to have these characters in there just to be cannon fodder, you could have brought in any other fucking character to be a cannon fodder. You know, if you don't actually give a fuck about what these characters are and how they are, like they obviously didn't bring in cannon fodder characters, you know, you could have brought in, uh, let's see, uh, Devora from the, the, the new games. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now, honestly, because I'm trying to just think of more female characters. Uh, you could have brought in Scarlet. Scarlet would have been a good one to like bring in to kill. Yeah. You know, like just bring in somebody else. If you're just going to be cannon fodder. And like, so it made no sense. And then, then Kano gets killed, which I know people are going to argue that maybe he's not dead. He's going to come back and he's going to have his metal eye and all this other stuff. But then at the same time, then you have the weird argument of, well, is that really what happened? Because Sonya got his mark. So according to the rules they set out in this movie, while dumb as they are, that would say Kano's dead. So why? <laughs> like, just why? Also, fuck this movie for how they treated Reptile. Not only did they give him some weird fucking name, they just did a complete disservice to that character. Yeah. And I take, like, special, like, hurt from that. Offense. Uh, yes, offense. I was thinking of that word. I couldn't say it. 
He has special offense to that because he's my boy. You did my boy dirty. And it was just a weird fight scene. Like, it just was so weird. And I think it's because every fight scene that had Cole in it was automatically a terrible fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Like, I just, there's nothing I really liked. Like, the the beginning of this movie is slightly intriguing when they really go back to do the Hanzo B. Han story, you know? And then they follow it up with, you're like seeing a cage fight with Cole and it's just instantly ruined. All goodwill right. that the first seven minutes give you is instantly ruined by that garbage cage fight. Mm-hmm. And also, what is the fuck is with this movie mimicking the first movie by trying to throw in as many weird verbal references to the Mortal Kombat series as possible? Do the uppercut, Dad. Do the uppercut. Or Kano <laughs> getting swept like nine times in a row. Or when Kung Lao like beats Natara, he goes, flawless victory. Well, yeah, technically he didn't get hit, but it's still really dumb. Or when Liu Kang burns fucking Cabal, he's like, fatality. Who says that in real life? No one. It's just like weird references to the game and like the terminology in the game. And it just doesn't work. And like, I understand what these guys were trying to do because they didn't want to be pigeonholed into starting with the tournament, you know? So they wanted to do a beforehand thing. But then why did you make it like a mini tournament and have that be a part of the plot? Like they don't want it to be a tournament. So let's make it one. What? Like, but then actively say in interviews, oh, we didn't want to do the tournament in the first movie. Your fucking own movie says it did, bro. <laughs> yep <laughs> like what the fuck and like uh, also like the whole like like so much of this movie makes no sense like was Raiden just hoping that these motherfuckers would figure out where his temple was for them to show up because like he wasn't running around looking for Jackson, <laughs> Sonya and Cole at all they just happened to run into Kano and Kano's like oh I know where it is and takes them to it and then they show up and they're like, yeah, we've been waiting on you. Motherfucker, send an email then. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, they're like, hey, let's go find all these guys now. I was like, oh, now you're actively recruiting? You're mad at these people for not being trained and not being there. But then now you're like, okay, now I guess we'll go look for people. What? Convenience, of course. Like, it could have just been that, like, they go and get them and then it's done. And then, like, all that bullshit when they're like, oh, we did all this research. And then they're showing pictures of, like, Kotal Khan and Nightwolf and all this other bullshit. I'm just like, fuck yeah. off. And, like, somehow Scorpion's on there. Like, did Scorpion fight in one of the tournaments back in the day? They didn't really, like, say that. But there's still a reference to Scorpion in that fucking mess of shit. Ugh. Also, what the fuck was up with Cole Young being Scorpion's descendant? Like, really? I know that, like, Ed Boon learned a lesson when he made Mortal Kombat 3 and it didn't have Scorpion in it because he's like, I'm tired of doing these ninjas like this. And then everybody flipped their shit because they were like, oh, no, our favorite character was Scorpion. And he's like, no, no, it's not. Because, like, Liu Kang and Sub-Zero, like, they're more main characters than him. And they're like, we don't give a fuck. We like Scorpion. And then ever since then, they've kind of turn Scorpion from being a villain slash vengeful spirit to more of an anti-hero. 
and then all the way to this yep. game where his legacy is prophesied fuck off like have some self fucking respect if that is not the dumbest thing you could possibly fucking do then now scorpion is so important that his descendant will beat shang Tsung and shao Kahn. fuck off especially if you're gonna then make that character cole young who has special mma bandage wrap around my body powers that also they stop working like did anybody else notice that like when he's fighting like sub-zero they conveniently stop absorbing power when he's hit like why did they stop <laughs> also why would sub-zero who killed a woman and child before killing hanzo at the beginning of the movie then set a trap with like keeping them alive at the end of the movie if he was actually that like set on ending the bloodline, wouldn't he have just killed them too? Right. Yeah. Before Cole even showed up. Yeah. Also, that fight was dumb too. Sub Zero and Scorpion and Cole. All the good parts of that fight they showed in the trailer, like the freezing of the blood and throwing them through the ice wall and this and that. Other than that, it's a very dumb, boring fight. I don't even remember how like Sub Zero dies. How does Sub Zero die? I don't remember. <laughs> um, it was like a two-parter. Cole does something. I want to say it might have been he stabbed him in the gut, something like that. I know Cole does something first, and he's not quite dead. And then Scorpion's like, "Let me finish him," and then he takes his mask off and does like the flame Scorpion finisher. Oh. The same fatality he's had like for almost the entire series. Got it. I just, yeah. I don't, you might be right, but even then notice how you don't really remember all of it because it's not memorable. Yeah, I, I feel bad because I'm like, I know he died and it was one of the better parts, but I don't remember what happened there. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not memorable, which that's the main bad guy for your movie. I know he's not the main bad guy technically for the series or the plot or anything like that. But for this movie, he is your main bad guy. Why is his death so fucking forgettable in a movie about killing people? That's not good, bro. And then on top of that, the music sucked. Like it was all orchestral music and shit, like a more traditional film score. That sucks. It didn't make me want to fight. That's dumb. All right, somebody else go. Heather, you go first. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. You definitely covered a lot of the stuff that like I had issues with. Because um, I was definitely going to bring up the point about like why did he end up killing that family at the beginning? But at the end, you know, it wasn't too late. <laughs> Just all the convenience factor of it, you know. Um, I don't know. I feel like. For me, my favorite part of this movie actually was the very beginning part when it does do that backstory about Scorpion and Sub-Zero. That's my favorite part. Um, I think it was well done in the sense of it set up the stage for what you expect. Oh, this is what it's going to be. However, at the same time, it was also a false setup <laughs> because nothing else in the movie was really like that part. Um so, but I just, I think that that was kind of a shining moment for me of the movie was that first part, 
because you get the better acting performances. Um, you know, you get the story story set up and sort of like a little bit more of substantial storyline from it. And I liked it. I thought it was good. And I was like, okay, well, if the whole movie's like this, then it's going to be better than I expected. But it just was kind of a one-off scene that was better than the rest of it. But I don't know. I think um, I, I didn't, I didn't like the, I also really didn't like Cole's like armor thing. I thought that was, it was kind of like, you're supposed to be kind of the main character of this movie and you have like the worst, well, first of all, the worst, like, what is it called? Arcana? Is that what it's called? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> something like that. You have the worst one and I feel like most of his fights, like he wasn't usually good enough to finish a fight on his own. <laughs> Like, he's supposed to be this main character, and it's kind of, like, built around him, sort of, in a way. And he's the worst fighter, it seems like. And I almost, like, up until maybe, like, more towards the end of the fight at the end, when he's fighting with Scorpion, and they're, you know, fighting against Sub-Zero, I was like, okay, so he has some qualities and abilities here to help, but... Even in that fight, for a lot of it, I was like, is he going to even be able to do anything to help? <laughs> like, it seems like he starts to fight and then someone else is like, you know what? I got this one. Like, <laughs> and it's, yeah, it did it a lot in the movie and it just, it didn't make you root for him anymore than anybody else. Um, Kung Lao, I actually liked his character because... I don't know. I think there was just something about the way that that actor did his performance with it, where he was a very like self-assured, knew what he was doing, very confident person, and just kind of like the way he moved. Like he was a he was a believable fighter in a tournament to me. So for me, he I had the least amount of problems probably with his character of most of them. I agree completely, Sterling, about. Kano. I'm I do not understand why people liked him. He was super annoying. He was probably my least favorite thing about the movie because while he is supposed to be that comic relief and whatever else, he he wasn't funny, but also just like it, he's kind of like that little like kid sibling that's just annoying and just trying to say things to hear himself talk. You know, (laughs) like that's what he felt like to me. And nothing he said was funny. Nothing landed. You know, it just was it did not work the way that I think they were hoping it was going to. Um, And anytime he opened his mouth, I was like, why did you even say that? Like nothing about it added any value to this movie. (laughs) Nothing about it was funny. Like he it was like he was trying too hard. And I think he was really irritating, completely irritating. So I am not on the Kano train at all with this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and also, like, you expect Mortal Kombat is not going to be, like, top-notch acting. I completely understand that. I didn't expect it either. That's why when um, the guy who plays Scorpion was in it, I was like, okay, maybe they'll be better acting than I expect, you know. But 
yeah, no, he he was the the better of all the acting, probably, but it just really felt like they they weren't reacting to situations and things being said. They were just reciting lines because it was like they were told, hey, this person's going to say this, so immediately after, you need to say this. Like, it didn't feel like they were, there was not really a whole lot of chemistry between most of the characters, and it just really felt like, I'm saying this line because I know it's the next line after what you say, <laughs> more so than I'm reacting to what you're saying or doing. And that bugs me. And even though I know that's, you know, kind of a non-factor when it comes to a lot of action movies, because you just want your action. Um, but it just, there's ways it can be pulled off. I've seen great action movies where there's good acting too. And this is not one of them. And I guess sort of also not unexpected because it's not like the first, you know, two movies were much better either um my i i kind of did what you did sterling i didn't go kind of on the whole same level you did with watching the other mortal Kombat stuff but i did go back and watch the first one in annihilation just because nostalgia you know but also just to compare and see the differences because it's been a long time since i've seen the others and there are some characters in the first one that I like how they were done better in the first one. And then there are some that I like some of the characters and how they were done better in the sec the, the newer one. Um the what is the what is the main bad guy's name again? I keep forgetting his name. Shang Sung. Shang Sung, yes. You are absolutely right because Carrie Tagawa played him like a freaking champ that was his role he is that role and it's so hard to follow that up at all but when you get this guy who is completely a non-factor in this movie pretty much you're just like what happened here this is a complete night and day difference between these characters and it's it was kind of amusing because i was like there i mean there's not really a way that you're going to live up to what he did in the first movie with that but this wasn't even close there was no comparison it was insane how different it was and kind of the same with Raiden I mean I didn't not like Raiden's character in this but I didn't care for him I didn't care either way and in the first movie again like you Sterling I liked Raiden I thought he was one of the better parts of the movie um so there there was just potential to make some of these characters either a lot more fleshed out or just better developed in general characters. And they focused on a few, but not enough to where, like, with Cole, like, that's the character they mostly focused on. And it didn't make me care about his character. Like, even if he did have a family, even if he, you know, whatever... I, I didn't care one way or another about him as a character. Honestly, I didn't really care about many of them, to be honest. And I think that's the hard part and why it's hard for me to be on board with this movie. Because nothing they did with the characters really made me care. Sonya was fine, too. Um, probably of the Sonyas I've seen in movies, she's probably the best one. But, you know, it just, I didn't care either way. <laughs> and that's the most of this movie is for me, is like, Things are happening. Okay. 
I don't really care about anybody in this movie. And when it comes to that and, you know, my childhood of knowing these characters and playing some of these characters and just that I grew up on Mortal Kombat in a way, not as much as you guys, but in a way I did. And I want to like care more about these characters that I've seen from these games and these other movies. So yeah, it was just a, it, it was just not memorable and it wasn't an improvement over anything they did before. So that's what I have for now. I might add more later, but that's, that's what I have for now. All right, Justin, bring it. Yeah. So Heather, I'm definitely in agreement with you about the first, the, the opening scene to me, that definitely was the best scene of the movie. And if you ask me, it was almost as if like there was a different director and different writers and different choreographers that did that scene. And then they got COVID or something. Somebody got sick or (laughs) something happened and they had to replace the entire staff for the rest of the movie. That's what it felt like. Like it's an understatement to say that scene was decent, dude. That scene was great. The cinematography was awesome. Where they were, the way that the background looked was great. The the tension of the fighting and even the choreography. There was so many like awesome parts in that. And like it was and and it felt like there was something at stake because one thing that was weird to me about the other fights versus that fight is that you could kind of see like there were there, there were people getting hurt as they were fighting and it felt like oh you you know i felt that felt dangerous it felt like at any moment somebody could die in that fight and even though i know what's supposed to happen and i know that this is where right. scorpion scorpion meets his end to become scorpion i know all of that but the way that it was done the way that the fighting was done and the stabbing and the back and forth that was just such an intense, well choreographed fight, and then the awesomeness that uh, that that Scorpion was doing with the spear, w- with like the dagger and the rope, all of that was just amazing, amazing stuff. You know, I, I really enjoyed all of that, and then Sub Zero in this movie, like. I guess the writers and the directors must have been fans of Scorpion and Sub-Zero because I felt like everything they did with them was imaginative and kind of creative, like that opening scene that we're talking about. That was the best scene of the movie. But later scenes with Sub-Zero, I thought that that was so cool how, like, they were all standing there, you know, they're all sitting there in the middle of July, and all of a sudden it starts snowing. And it's that harbinger that he's there you know that was like some horror movie stuff like suddenly it starts snowing all of a sudden the little the daughter looks down and then ice is encasing everything on the table and everything like that and then suddenly there's this like icy but poofy like smoke and he's there and then he starts like raising ice all over the street and all that stuff like the stuff that they did with sub-zero that was creative. That was cool. That was something that we didn't see. That that was something you really didn't have in the other movies. That that was something that like captured your imagination about the character. Like, oh man, that yes, he could do these things. 
but we've never seen him do these things. We've never seen him like interact in like j- just a real world or a town situation like that. And he's doing things like that. So I thought that was so cool. Or like whenever he, you know, he came after Jax and all of a sudden, you know, there's ice, like wherever he is, like you see the ice before he comes. I thought that that was really cool. And he was relentless in this movie up until like y'all said the end where he decided to leave people alive and yeah i totally agree sterling like he would have killed them like he would have killed his family and i don't know maybe the the movie could have used something like that maybe if cole lost his family you'd get me to give a damn about him (laughs) but you know, but we weren't brave enough to do those things. Maybe so it would have inspired I, him to be a better fucking fighter. Exactly. Maybe he <laughs> would have been like, man, my family's dead. It's on now. I'm all in on this Mortal Kombat, on this Mortal Kombat tournament. But we weren't brave enough to pull those triggers. So we just didn't get that. And Cole is such a vanilla character, like the family man underdog fighter and I fight for my family and all of this stuff. That is so vanilla wafer. We've seen it a million times boring. If you're going to do a new character, why not go all out? Why not do something more creative? I mean, I bet I could come up with a better idea for a character from Mortal Kombat than that. Okay. How about this? I think I got something. What if, this Cole person, instead of just being the family guy and all this stuff, what if he was the person that they originally selected to be the champion of Mortal Kombat? Before Liu Kang, it was this guy. But something happened. Maybe there was some sort of tragedy before he could participate in the, co- in the, in the combat tournament for Earthrealm or whatever. And for whatever reason... He just stopped being a fight. Maybe something happened or maybe he lost, I don't know, he lost his family or something like that. So he lost his will to fight. He didn't fight in any of the tournaments. And so then that mantle was passed over to Liu Kang. Raiden went to him because this guy gave up. So now you essentially have this redemption story of this guy. And maybe that's what gets him back in. Maybe he... Maybe instead of losing his family before, maybe he quits fighting, but maybe his family now, he loses them. And that's what sort of motivates him. That gets him on this kind of path of redemption, trying to like redeem that title of the destined champion that he lost or something like that. That would have been way more interesting than this character that we got. And I just made that up in a second. And that would have been... (laughs) to me, way more interesting than this character that we got. Well, Justin, like, I want to try it now because you just made me think about it. And I, I don't want you <laughs> to go on to something else. So I want to try it real quick. I want to take what you okay. did, but kind of combine well, what it. What did you think of that idea? No, it's, oh, okay, it's go great. Ahead. That's what I'm saying is I want to take kind of what you did, but I want to combine one part of the story from this that you can make it work. Okay. Say, like Cole, like grew up, with Luke Hang, just have them grow up together, be childhood friends and all this other stuff before they meet Kung Lao. Like, and then they get Kung Lao and they're kind of all three together and stuff like that. But Cole is the better fighter. He's the better natural fighter. And then when they're trained, he's still the better fighter. He's always a better fighter than Luke Hang and Kung Lao. But 
he never gets his arcana. Liu Kang does. Kung Lao does. Hmm. He doesn't. Hmm. And so now, okay. because they made a big deal of it being a liability in the tournament. So while he's the better fighter, now he's looked down upon because just no matter what he does, he never gets his arcana. Or, you know, or just doesn't. So then he starts losing his confidence in his fighting. You know, because now he can't rely just on fighting when you're fighting people that can also, you know, telepathically control, you know, metal hats and flames and all this other bullshit. You know what I mean? So now he starts second guessing himself. So now he's like losing being a fighter too. And so then he like, once all this shit happens and they start doing the whole, oh, we need to kill everybody beforehand. And he's realizing like that can be his redemption arc of that he still goes and tries to fight these superpowered beings without Arcana. I think do like what Sonya did. Sonya, Sonya was fighting. Have her just be one of the people and have her get her Arcana. Leave that to him to be the one that's the chosen one that just can't get it. And so he's going up against a Molina. He's going up against, you know, a Rico and he's got nothing. And then on top of that, he's already second guessing his fighting. And now his team is kind of losing because they're constantly looking out for him because he can't protect himself as well as they can. And he's just a liability when it comes to fighting because he's just second guessing himself. And then he can redeem himself through that by regaining his confidence and then ultimately getting his arcana. Okay. Yep. You yeah, know what that's I mean? That's a better movie I'll, than I'll what we combine the two a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I got you. I see what you did there. And that kind of ties in some of the other stuff that they already had. Because I hated the Arcana idea. But yeah, if you're going to have it, that would have been a more effective way to do it. You know? And then but, when he but has at his least, Arcana, then have it also be better than what he had. <laughs> yeah, because what was that? You know? Like, how come it didn't somehow match what he... Like, what about those powers had anything to do with what we saw except for what you said he was a punching bag so that's why he got armor but like i like what you said there about him um growing up with them and he was the better natural fighter you know you you've got to convince us that he was somewhat good uh, at some point but the the first scene i the first thing i see this guy do is lose a fight then when it comes to the training He's the one that gives up, you know, he's the one that gives up and goes back to his family while everybody else is really trying to do this and fight for earth realm and stuff like that. So they didn't give me a lot of scenes or things to be convinced that this guy should be in this spot where he is. And, and you know, I, how could you root for him? You, you, you didn't see him win any fights. You didn't see he gave up on the train and when everybody else is trying, even Sonya, who had no mark, was still there trying to do something. And he goes, man, I can't get it. I'm leaving. So what did we have? Why would we invest in this character when you've given us nothing to for us to show that he's a winner in any aspect? But if if you had done taken any of those stories that we said then it would have given that character some credibility. It would have had him, okay, he is a good fighter, you know, um, but he doesn't have, I like what you said there, but he doesn't have his arcana and he never could get it. 
and you know that bothered him and so he stopped fighting but now you know this now that Shang Tsung is all is trying to is going rogue and trying to break the rules of the other guys now he's kind of pulled into this situation and now he he's trying to fight but he but he second guesses himself I, I do like that I, I do like that you know um but yeah this character needed something he needed something to not be just so vanilla of a character and I think that that was a and because he ate so much screen time you really didn't get to develop the other characters. So this kind of leads to the whole Kano thing. Now, I did not think that Kano was the greatest thing ever, like what everybody's saying, but I understand why he stood out because who else would have (laughs) with this script? Like who else did, who, what care did they give besides the first seven minutes of the movie? Besides some of the imaginative stuff that they did with Sub-Zero and Scorpion, what else was done with any of the characters that was even remotely interesting? Like That is an interesting point because, like, as much as he was my least favorite, he was, in a way, one of the most memorable. Like, you don't forget it, him, that's for sure. It, exactly, <laughs> well, you know? He because stood out. outside of Cole, he had the second most screen time of almost anybody there. Like yeah, they true. gave him more true. lines than Sonya. They gave him more lines than Jax. They gave him more lines than Cole. I mean, the guy was fucking talking yeah. nonstop. He has the most true. lines in the movie. That's true. That's true. And then just as far as character consistency, you know, at least what he was doing was kind of lining up with what you would probably imagine Kano doing. They said he was a crook. They said he was a scumbag. They said he was wanted. And they said that he was a bad guy. And then he proceeds to be a crook, a scumbag, and a bad guy. And then the things he says are mm-hmm. things that a scumbag and a crook would say. Then what does he winds up doing? He winds up turning sides and going with the bad guys. If you really think about it, he at least had character consistency. He at least had, like, they they started one way and told you, this is what he was, and then by the time you got to the end, it was no surprise he did what he did. He was that character all the way through, and I think that's why he stood out to people, because in a movie where you didn't really give, like you said, he got more lines, he got, you know, in a movie like this where you didn't even give anybody else that kind of attention to detail or anything of the sort, of course he's going to stand out. You know, he was just like the 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 best of the worst developed characters because of just the sheer amount that they gave him to do versus everybody else. And and it makes me mad because meanwhile, other characters like Liu Kang and Kung Lyo got little to no development. Like one scene that I remember in particular was that scene where Kung Lyo where, you know, it's Kano and he's talking to Kung Lyo and he goes, oh, uh, sorry me man or whatever your name is and then kung lao is like i'm kung lao i'm the last descendant of kung lao and i am the champion of the light dragon something he said something there and it was doing this ominous music as he was saying it. he was like i'm kung lao and i was like okay why would any of us care about anything that he just said <laughs> are you gonna show us him becoming 
the 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 light dragon of the whatever clan that he said he was like he said all of that and they did this ominous music but if you had no idea of who Kung Lia was you would just be sitting there going okay so why is that important to me why does that matter <laughs> you know I mean obviously he's a skilled fighter and his and you know his hat blade was cool but. By what he said, how would that explain in, to anybody who doesn't know him why he's important or why he's good? And so th- that was the biggest problem I had with this movie because you have Vanilla Cole eating up all this screen time. And then you have the stuff with Kano and he's got to get his comedy in and he's eating up screen time. So then the characters who are really badass, like Kung Lyo and Liu Kang, man, like, Liu Kang. And see, I guess that's why a lot of this was hard to watch. Now, I know that some people are like, okay, well, this is pre-tournament, so this is early Liu Kang, so maybe he was weaker or something like that, but, you know, he's not the Liu Kang we know yet because it's not the first tournament. But, man, I'm used to Liu Kang being, like, one of the rawest people in Mortal Kombat. Like, can't nobody just beat Liu Kang? Can't anybody just fight Liu Kang and hang with him? Liu Kang would just wreck most of the Mortal Kombat characters. Most of them would get wrecked by Liu Kang. So it was just it was just really hard to watch people like Cabal and you know, people like that give him problems when I just know that Liu Kang will whoop that ass. So that was another thing that was just <laughs> tough for me to accept in this movie. Like Liu Kang is a badass. He's an ass kicker, man. He's one of the most awesome fighters in Mortal Kombat. This dude in the games, man, he whoops so much ass. And then he gets killed and he still comes back and he whoops more ass. Like Liu Kang is a badass dude. And in this movie, it, it was weird. Like he was had his fire hand lighting pads. And like there was one scene where like they're walking and he stops them and he's like, this is the Lord Raiden. You were in his presence. And then he does like a Power Ranger, like kind of hand wave <laughs> and into a bow and he goes master Raiden I have gathered the champions he was so like martial arts in the 1970s acting weird like he just didn't talk like a normal person to me like he talked like he was straight out of somebody's envision of an old martial arts movie and I was like man and I'm just sitting there going man dude this is like Man, this is Liu Kang, man. He's supposed to be a badass dude. So I just couldn't accept half of these scenes with these people giving him fights. I just was like, nah, man, Liu Kang will whoop that ass. But and then back and then to Goro. Uh, like we said, man, why did you sacrifice Goro? Why did you sacrifice these characters that are good, that like Melina, that means something? Kung Lao. Why is Kung Lao dead before the tournament? Why? Like, there are such good characters. And I feel like there will be kids and there will be people who don't have any idea of the games. And if you walk out of this and your thought process is Kano is awesome and so 
you know, and the fatalities were cool. And Kano is awesome. Why, if you are an honest fan of Mortal Kombat, is that the way you want people to walk out of the theater? Is that the last thought that they should have? That Kano is the best and right. like Liu Kang can barely beat Cabal and Goro got killed by Cole Young and Scorpion needed Cole Young's help to beat Sub-Zero. Is that really how you want to walk out of this movie if you're a Mortal right. Kombat fan? So, yeah, man, I and, digress. But if you get on the internet, all these so-called Mortal Kombat fans be loving this shit. <laughs> I mean, think about that, guys. Like, when you played the Mortal Kombat video games, did you walk out, was your, was your last thoughts that you walked out with was Kano is the best? Like, really? Is that what you thought? Exactly. After you played the Mortal Kombat games, did anybody think Kano was the best? Right. Like, uh, anything after playing the Mortal Kombat games? You I don't know? even know and anybody like the- that mains us Kano, dude. Yeah, like, I tried it for a little bit in MK3, but yeah, I kind of got off that train, (laughs) you know, I just, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I don't know anybody who mains him either, you know, and he was missing stuff too, where's his rolling ball, when is he, why, why did he do his cannonball, why couldn't he do that, you know, he didn't do any of that stuff either, so yeah, anyway, I mean, I'm glad that him and Sonya had a fight, though. I mean, because that's kind of a traditional thing. That's like a destined battle in Mortal Kombat. So I'm yeah. like, I like that they had a fight. You know that they they needed to fight each other. So that I was fine with that. But this and the last thing I'll talk about this idea of these tattoos and these markings that determine who can fight in Mortal Kombat. And then they go, okay, it's a birthmark for some people. For some people, if they kill you, they get the birthmark. Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of a birthmark? Like, so you mean to tell me that Cole Young, I could be I could be a bus driver. I'm, I'm just saying. So realistically, this could have happened based on the logic of this movie. Cole Young could have been in the fifth grade and I could have been a bus driver and accidentally hit him and killed him when he was a kid with this dragon mark. And you mean to tell me now I'm the chosen one and I'm a damn bus right. driver at yes. any given point, you know, you mean to say like at any given point, he could have been killed in his life. And you mean to tell me it could have been the most random shit. And then I just get to be the chosen one. Mm. And that was so dumb. It, it was just, so incredibly dumb because it, it ruins the whole thing of these are these are the most badass champions of Earth Realm, and that's why they're in this tournament. They're in this tournament because nobody could be there but them. But if you make it random like that, then anybody can be in the tournament. And that's bullshit, man. This is Mortal Kombat. These are the best of the best. These are the right. most badass people, and that's why. They're in this tournament. So I think you sell the tournament and the and the champions of Earthrim short by having this sort of random formula. And then it was weird that Sonya didn't have what like why? Sonya's an original. Like Sonya is the first female immortal combat. She should have just had one. She should have just had a mark. Yeah. Like 
go ahead and give her one, man. I mean, I guess they they were thinking, well, give her an arc of trying to get one and not having one and being determined and all that, which I guess that wasn't the the worst problem with this movie, but I was just like, you know, Sonya was it there was an because she's badass. Story. Yeah. Yeah, it was unnecessary. She should be there because she's badass and that's why she's there. She's good enough to be there. Let's just let's just let them be good enough. Like, I don't think you needed the marks or anything like that. But I feel like all that was put in for Cole, you know, that that was so we could have him in here and have an excuse to have him in here. But if you use my idea or Sterling's idea, you didn't need to have those. You didn't need (laughs) to have any markings. He should have just been somebody who was capable of being in the tournament already, you know? The, yeah, because they're also... Arc... Go ahead, sorry. No, oh, I'm sorry. And I, I was going to say was, then his arc could have been something more interesting, you know? Yeah, because it's also... I feel like it's not super clear anyway as far as those markings because when Sonya beats Kano and she kills him and she gets her mark, was it because she earned it? Because she proved herself? Was it because she killed someone else who had it? Like there was, for me, there was confusion on like, what are the rules of this? You know? Yeah, it was confusing. And like, all you know is that when Jax got it, they were infiltrating somebody who had superhuman abilities. Jax was able to beat him and he got his. So it, 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 it almost supposes that like when you beat somebody, you get one. So what if you already have one and you beat somebody? Do you get two marks? Like, can you just tally them up? You know, like, exactly. Like, what, like, why did they create that? That was just so dumb. And then the last thing I want to talk about is Lord Raiden, man. Like, okay, Raiden was making hella dumb decisions in this. Like, Raiden, like, y'all touched on it with, 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 you touched on it, Sterling, with him not actively recruiting people and them having to find the temple because Raiden, I don't know just couldn't teleport to them since he knows where everybody is and just tell them where the temple was. Why didn't he do that? Why was there this elaborate thing of them having to find it and go on this journey and Kano got them there? Kano, when you have a Raiden, but Kano needed it. We needed Kano to get us there. So I didn't understand that. Then I think that Raiden is the sole reason that Kung Lyo got killed because, okay, when Shang Tsung first attacks with that ambush, Raiden creates this shield and everything in this barrier. He creates this barrier so the the outworld minions can't break through. And of course, you know, Kano betrays them and that's how they get through. Well, Kung Lyo dies. Then after that, what happens? The Earthrealm warriors escape with Raiden and they go to this place. And it's like it's like pitch white and there's it's like a void or something and they're like in the middle of nowhere and then one of the characters goes where are we and Raiden goes well we're in a realm that's in between the outworld realm and the earthworld realm Shang Tsung can't track us here and in the middle of watching the movie I just yelled it out well why the hell didn't you bring everybody here to begin with (laughs) Then Kung Lyle wouldn't be dead. If he couldn't get here, why are we 
creating shields and things like that. Why did anybody have to die, Raiden, if you had this place all along? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So th th that was stupid. That just made me so mad. And then the whole, I can interfere, but really he's interfering the whole time. Raiden, what are you talking about, man? Like at the beginning of the movie, when you grabbed that, when you grabbed Scorpion's baby, you had, that was interfering. Whenever you, <laughs> you know, to put the shield up so that Shang Tsung couldn't do that, that was interfering. Whenever you went to, I mean, he was constantly interfering. So one minute you tell me he can interfere. Do you mean he can't punch anyone or fight? Is that what you were trying to say? Then just say that. <laughs> then just say that. You know, don't say he can't interfere when I'm just seeing him interfere constantly. You know? So, yeah, just some things that just hella annoyed me about this. I just didn't understand what that man was doing. I didn't understand how this was a plan. And then if there were other people that he could recruit, because at the end of the movie, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go reach out and we're going to recruit and get all the rest of these um, champions or these chosen ones with the dragon symbol. Okay, well, why weren't you already doing that? Like, why did you stop at the ones that Liu Kang brought? Why weren't you constantly bringing people to that camp to train and all that kind of stuff? You, you, while, while you put up the shield and had these people training, why weren't you already out recruiting more people? Why stop at five if Shang Tsung is going to do this? The more the merrier. So why weren't you trying to find more people so that you could ensure that they made it to, Earth, to, the, to the tournament? So I, I just did not understand. Like, and the and you can just tell that these are things that the writers didn't think about with this. It, you, you could just tell that they thought they had something on paper that sounded cool, or they thought, okay, we're just gonna have Raiden appear here and there and stuff like that, and we're gonna have him. But if you really think about the totality of his actions, it just didn't make any sense. He could have done way more you know, than what he was doing. And he could have made this easier on his Earth combatants. And if this is the fate of the universe and you're trying to protect them, you 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 exact everything that you can to make sure that they get to the tournament. And I don't feel like Raiden even did that. So, yeah, that's it from me. Yeah, like, I like how you, you called Cole vanilla. Because, like, vanilla is one of those things, depending on what you add to it, it can be good. Like, you know what a vital part of a banana split is? Vanilla ice cream. But when you add everything else to it, it's better. And so, like, they had vanilla ice cream coal, and they, they had a chance to maybe make him special with his arcana. And then they gave him his arcana, which was the equivalent of pouring vanilla syrup on the vanilla ice cream. Like, it made yes no sense. It, it just... It was why it was so close to Jax's. You know what I mean? It was just so close to Jax's. Like, why couldn't his Arcana have been like, like they could have actually tied it in with the whole Scorpion thing, and have his Arcana be that like, like make it almost do a weird thing where you make it like, like he's the Incredible Hulk where he turns into Scorpion, like he channels his ancestor and Hanzo takes over his body, and now he's Scorpion could have done something like that i'm not saying that that's the greatest idea in the world 
All I know is it's better than that weird gold armor bullshit. Yeah. And how, and then he, it also materialized weapons, which he knew how to use. I mean, when the hell did y'all tell us that he knew how to use weapons? I thought he was an MMA fighter. Was he a police officer? Was he somebody who would know how to use these weapons? Like, do all MMA fighters just know how to use weapons? Is that just part of the training that I don't know about? Like, why the hell could he use the weapons? Well, and if you're going to give him that style of weapon, why didn't you have him do the striker batons uh, trip? Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, I know that's one of your favorite moves, Justin. Yep. <laughs> yep. I used to I love that baton against trip. you when you're a striker doing that godforsaken fucking move. That baton trip. <laughs> that was the shit. I mean, that was it's, tight. it's just one of those things that, like, they had so many opportunities to do shit. You know, what if they threw everybody for a loop and they had Cole and they had him be like, Oh, he's going to be a special character, special character. He's so important. He's so important. What if Goro just beat the shit out of him and killed him? <laughs> right. Yeah. I think you would have enjoyed that more. Oh, I would have. <laughs> this would probably be one of my favorite movies if that had happened. And like Goro did none of his cool things. Why didn't like after he get his armor and he could do that whole power up thing. Why didn't they do the whole thing where Gar- Goro like bear hugs him and just like double slams his chest, like beats on his chest. And then he could be like gaining that power and be like, fuck. Awesome. Right. Like, you know, and kind of like throw it for a loop a little bit. Nope. They just had him getting the shit kicked out of him. And then, like I said, it weirdly stops working at the end of the movie. When he's fighting Sub-Zero, he's not getting anything. It's just fucking dumb. But like, also, although I am glad that Justin wasn't right about. Yes. Who Johnny Cage That he's was. Johnny Cage. Especially yeah. after watching yeah. the guy, I'm so glad he's not Johnny Cage. He was yeah. so boring. Yeah. Like, but like going back to what you were talking about with the dragon marks, Justin and, and Heather, like, yeah, the rules were so like vague and terrible. Like if you kill somebody with one, you get it, but then other people just get it. Like, you know, they're just given to it because they earn it. And then some people are just born with it like Cole, but like, it's so vague. And like, why did Luke King have to kill a like child sex trafficker to get his mark? And also why did a child sex <laughs> trafficker have a mark? That doesn't seem like good quality control. Raiden, get your act together. Yeah. But like, <laughs> why does that have to be a constant thing? Like we all get it. Pedophiles are bad. Sex trafficking is bad. You don't have to have it be a thing where it's like, yeah, Luke King had to take a sex trafficking ring down to get his Mortal Kombat mark. No, he can just be a badass because it's Luke fucking King. Exactly. Right. <laughs> like, I get what Justin's saying. I'm like, well, it's before tournament, so maybe he's not that Luke King yet. But like, that's still the point of Luke King is like, you have to reasonably be able to see that this guy could beat Shang Tsung. Now, he yeah. might be able to beat this version of Shang Tsung because that version of Shang Tsung is not intimidating at all. But like, <laughs> but then you also have to imagine that this guy could beat a Shao Kahn. Like, I, like this guy barely beat Cabal. You know? Like, the tournament's like yeah. a month away, guys. Like, he should be that Luke King yeah. already. Exactly. Like, 
And like, if you think about it, we were kind of spoiled with our movie, Luke Kang from 1995. That guy looked like he could beat the world. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was great. Uh, yeah. He was ripped, man. He, he definitely was Luke Kang. Yeah. He, he was so good as Lou. He really was. I mean, I think we took him for granted as our Luke Kang. We really did. But yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's you, you don't think that Luke Kang can be, and I still didn't. I didn't have a problem with the way they portrayed Luke Kang per se, as much as like, like in, in the acting, I think you could have like, I know a lot of people don't like that, that, that actor for being Luke Kang. Cause he's very slight, but I'm like, that's fine because you still have him just be a fighter that beats everybody's ass, even though he's smaller. Like that's what you do. Yeah. He might be smaller, but look how he just still beats everybody's ass. Right. Yeah. Like, they should he have should have been whole... an amazing fighter. Yeah. Like he should have been amazing. They should have been in awe of Liu Kang, not wisecracking and making jokes about him and all of this kind of stuff. They should have been in awe of Liu Kang's fighting ability. It should have been like, oh man. And they kind of did it when he shot the fireball, and then you know. But it's kind of weird when he shoots. Kano with a fireball, Kano just gets up from it and basically no sales it and goes, Hey man, you shot a fireball. That's cool, right. dude. Or whatever he said. But dude, man, they should have been in awe of Liu Kang. Like in those training sessions, they should have barely even been able to touch Liu Kang. You know? Yeah. Like it 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 should have been a clear disparity between him and them. You know what I mean? But Yeah. And like when he's fighting Cabal, it's very easy to do that fight because you could have like Cabal running around super fast and have him getting some hits on Liu Kang and Liu Kang being a little confused because this guy's so fast. But then you could have Liu Kang do the whole fucking, oh yeah, I'm a Shaolin monk thing. And I know that's slightly stereotypical, but that is technically the character. He is a Shaolin monk. Like where he just kind of zones in and then just punches the fuck out of Cabal. Just one punch and Cabal's out. You know, Hell yeah. I'm talking about in the temple, you know what I mean? And then what you do is when they're doing the whole final fights, you know, when they split everybody up, you give him fucking Melina because of all the people they're throwing is if they're not going to throw Goro his way, because realistically of all the fucking fighters, they threw at the earth roamers at that point. Goro is the only one that could hang with Liu Kang, not this Goro. Yeah. Cause this was a shitty imitation, like Walmart brand version of Goro. But Goro <laughs> is the one that would go against Luke Kang, but they didn't go that route. So if you're going to go with any of these other characters, then you at least throw Melina his way. Because out of all the rest of them, Melina's the next one that has a chance of beating Luke Kang, or at least giving him trouble. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you give Cole fucking, you know, Cabal. Because, and that would make more sense because. <laughs> Why could Cole beat Goro, but then have problems with Melina and need help? It would make sense mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're allowing Cole to beat Goro, then have him go up against Cabal at that point, because since Cabal's running around so fast, he's having problems with Cabal, and that's why he needs help. That makes more sense. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it And does. now that you talk about it, Sterling, too, like with what you said, make his arcana you know that he's just a better fighter or whatever because in general 
what's the point of his story where he's this MMA fighter who's not as good as he used to be, but then they don't really even make him better in the movie or throughout the movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the he's problem. He's not much better. Is he never becomes a better fighter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what was the point of that being his story at all if they didn't even progress that story? Yeah. Like, especially if he's supposed to be a best of the best fighter, you know? And like, and that's what makes his arcana even dumber is it plays into the fact that he's a shitty fighter. (laughs) You're (laughs) shitty. You get hit a lot. Let's protect (laughs) you more. Yeah, man. And like, and I mean, if he, okay. And and if he was this great fighter at one time, why is he just now being recruited for Mortal Kombat? Why didn't Raiden come to him in his prime? When he was good or whatever. When he was good and try to get him in any of those other tournaments. Why is it now? That's because the tournaments technically happen once a generation, which is technically every 50 years. So that's why he wouldn't have got him for another tournament because it's the winner. The winner of Mortal Kombat is granted internal life. Like their aging stops until the next tournament. So that's why Goro is like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old because he had won nine tournaments in a row so this was the 10th tournament so it was 500 years since he first won but that's why he hadn't aged at all because you get eternal life until the next tournament you know so okay so that makes sense like i get that why but why didn't he at least go get him and go hey you're gonna start training right now because it's five years away from a tournament to the death that decides the fate of the world. Don't go to the, like, don't get him there a month ahead of time. You go five, six, 10, 50, 20, fucking, as, as soon as you can, you go fucking snag the guy. You go, you're training now, motherfucker. Like, you do any yeah. of that. Like, you don't any wait till this guy is past his prime and obviously not going to get any better at fighting. Yeah. If this is about Earth Realm and protecting it, you got to go to that man beforehand and be like, hey, man, you need to understand what your destiny is. And just like when he told them what his lineage was with Scorpion, why are you waiting? That should have been the first thing you said to that man when he got there. Exactly. Why did we wait until he wanted to quit to tell him that and go, yeah, well, exactly. the reason why you're here, man, is because you're a descendant. Uh, could you have led with that Lord Raiden? And see, this is what I mean by Raiden. Raiden just was not making any good decisions. Like, I'm like, Raiden, that's what you lead with, Raiden. You explain that to him, that's what you lead with. You are a descendant of somebody who, why didn't you tell him that at first? That might have actually motivated him at the beginning. Don't wait till he's about to quit and you're about to let him in the portal and say, oh, by the way, you're a descendant of one of the greatest ninjas who ever lived. Sassy Raiden never would have done that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Sassy Raiden was the fucking shit. But like, (laughs) and if you really think about it, like with everybody talking about the formula they're using for a potential trilogy of before the tournament, the tournament, and then post-tournament. Okay. You really need to think about the Mortal Kombat games then. Because... And I was thinking about this before. I thought that the first game was the only tournament game for like a lot of the games. It's not. Technically, the second game is also a tournament because what happens is is after Outworld loses in the first game, Shao Kahn challenges them again to Mortal Kombat 
in Outworld. But to do so, that restarts everything and allows, you know, it gives Outworld a shot to fucking take over. But then if you really think about the games, while yes, they are fighting games and it's like, you know, based kind of like a tournament with the way they play, the story of the third game, the story of the fourth game, Deadly Alliance, Deception, all those are not tournaments. Those are all post-tournament. That's just Outworld figuring out ways to invade. And then, you know, one of them is the resurrection of Shinnok. And then another, like the other ones are like Shang Tsung and Quan Chi teaming up together. And then Onaga, the Dragon King takes over. Like those are all post-tournament. So that's a weird philosophy to go. We're going to go pre-tournament then post. What the fuck are you going to put in the post-tournament? Because most of the Mortal Kombat games are technically all post-tournament. You've got Mortal Kombat mm. 3, 4, 5, and 6. And then 7 technically is a tournament because that's Armageddon. And that's the tournament for Blaze. So, like, to get Blaze's power. So that one is a tournament. But it's not even the Mortal Kombat tournament, technically. But So you've got 3, 4, 5, and 6 are all, all not tournament. And then you look at the reboot after, you know, whenever you go into Mortal Kombat 9. So then you've got Mortal Kombat 9, which is like the first half of the game is the original tournament. And then everything after that is no longer the tournament. It's just battles between Outworld and Earthrealmers and other people from other realms and stuff. Like, to stop other things. So, like, that's still, of those three games, what? One, two, three, four. Like, so five-sixths of those games is post-tournament. So, like, that's a really dumb way to go. We're doing pre-tournament, then post. Like, no. There's so much of Mortal Kombat's lore is post-tournament. That's a big problem. So much of it's post-tournament. And then on top of that, you've made this tournament really boring because you killed off motherfucking Goro. Ugh. And then they're going to bring Bihan back as fucking Noob Sabat, which I also hated that. I hated how, like, halfway through fighting Cole and Scorpion, he goes, you know what? I'm wearing too much clothing. Let me reference the character I'm going to turn into for the next movie by being all black now. <laughs> Fuck you, you're dumb. <laughs> it's just so weak. But it's like, and, and like you were saying, Justin, with Raiden being so like inconsistent with his rules, that's because they reference the Raiden from all the other m- materials. Like, they reference Raiden from Mortal Kombat Annihilation and then Mortal Kombat Conquest, the TV show, and Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm, where it's just Raiden constantly going, I can't interfere, except when it's convenient for him to interfere. <laughs> That's what they did. They just took every other version of Raiden that makes no damn sense. Man, and why didn't they just, man, and this movie, and you, and I think you said this whenever we looked at the preview of this, but why didn't they, why couldn't they have just greenlit to do a movie based on the original what seven characters and just do Mortal Kombat one and just have Goro and Shang Tsung and the, them be the two. And then ju- why didn't they just do that and just focus on less characters? And that would have been less characters. You could have developed them. We wouldn't have to be sitting there going, where's Johnny Cage? You know, you could have, I-, I mean, why not just start with those? And then at the end of the movie, you could have teased some of these other Mortal Kombat 2 characters coming, you know? 
Right. Maybe we could have seen Shao Kahn looking disappointed at the fact that Shang Tsung got beat or whatever the case may be. Or if you're doing a prequel and if you want to do a pre-tournament thing, which like that they did here, why not just start with those core characters and just develop their stories? Like come up with ways, interesting ways on how they got recruited for this Mortal Kombat. And if you need to have people dying and stuff like that, just use some minions that we don't care about. Make up some people. Make up some other four-armed people of Goro's race to go after him or make up some other ninjas who just got killed <laughs> pre-tournament and we never saw them, but they're in this movie. Well, you know, you could have done some stuff like that. Of course, because there's a ton of Shokans outside of Shiva, Kentaro, and Goro. There are other Shokan warriors. Just have some other Shokans. If you don't want to kill some of the ninjas, just have some random fucking Lin Kuei act like fucking foot soldiers from Ninja Turtles. You know what I mean? Uh, have some random Hell Tarkatans. Yeah. Like, don't have them be Baraka because he's their leader. Just have some random Tarkatans, though. You know? So it's these ugly motherfuckers with blades coming out of their hands. You know what I mean? There are tons of Hell races yeah. they could have done. And that would have been cool. And then you could have still had your fatalities. You could have still had characters getting killed. And, and the whole time... The fans of the game would be like, oh man, but when they see, when they meet Baraka, and you could have had one of those people, you could have had one of those minions saying something to Baraka. Baraka could have been the one instructing them, but not been there because you don't get him till later. You know, you could have done some cool stuff like that. And, and even if you didn't have a scene with Baraka, it, once we saw that race of people, we would have been like, oh shit, this is, you know, that's Baraka's people, you know, and it would have got you excited. And those characters could have died because that's what they're there for. You could have made your core Mortal Kombat one characters look strong in fights against them and kill them and do all the same stuff you wanted to do. And then that could have been a great lead into your the, the next Mortal Kombat being the tournament, you know, well, why didn't they just. I, yeah, like, think ugh. about this. You have like, like, because you would have Johnny Cage if you did that, and you fight a bunch of like fucking random ass Tarkatans and all this shit. And then what happens in the second movie when Johnny Cage comes up against Baraka and he makes some joke of like, oh, one of these guys again, this is going to be a piece of cake. And then it's fucking Baraka. Yeah. And Johnny man. Cage barely escapes with his life, like barely wins. He's like, that would, man. You know, because like, yeah, it just sets up that joke of, Oh, these guys again, piece of cake. And it's like, like I said, it's Baraka now, you know what I mean? Or, you know, then they do the thing of like, oh yeah, we beat one of those forearm guys before, but no, this time it's fucking Goro, the prince of the Shokan. Hell yeah. Like it would have been so Hell easy yeah. to do. And you could have still had some of the storyline with Bihan because like now with this storyline, it's going to be very weird when they bring in Kwai Lang, which is sub-zero's younger brother which is the sub-zero most people actually know because he's the sub-zero from game two till forever you know mm -hmm. because it's gonna be really weird for them to bring him in because b han was around in the 1600s in this movie and was kept alive and like lived and everything because of shing sung magic well that's the thing is kuai lang isn't as evil as his brother 
So he wouldn't have made a deal with an outworld sorcerer for more life. So how are we going to get a younger brother 500 years later? That's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, it doesn't make any sense. And like, and by getting rid of the Quan Chi aspect of it, you don't like you, you have this random thing where this random outworld sorcerer comes to earth and just recruits the Lin Kuei. Like now it's weird. Like there was no treachery. There was no anything else. You know what I mean? Like that's true. So now the story is the Shing Sun came and recruited him <laughs> 500 years ago. It just, it's weird. They really should have kept it simple. Like how hard did it, would it have been to really just do the first movie again? Just up the violence. Do you do better fighting? Cause we, you know, we're better at fight choreography now and you up the violence. That would have been so simple. Yeah. And you just stick with your main characters, have a couple of other random motherfuckers that are there just to get killed. And it would have been so easy. And you could have done that all with the same cast. You just wouldn't have had the Cole Yang guy or Cole Young, whatever the fuck his name was. Close enough. You still could have started the movie the same way too. <laughs> you still could have yes. started like that. Yeah. You could have started and Shang Tsung could have still had the same plan. I'm going to bum rush this thing. I don't want it to get to the tournament. But why would, he, but he would use some frontline expendable sons of bitches. Why would he, you would not want your strongest characters there because you may need them for the tournament. So it would make more sense to me that Shang Tsung would be like, man, I'm going to hatch a plan and all this stuff like that. Goro could have been like, well, man, I ain't going, man. They're going to have to face me. I'm the champ, you know. I'll send some of my underlings they'll help you you know what i mean like you still could have done this sort of but just better you know man you throw like 20 lin Kuei in there 20 tarkatan and then like one shokan and like i said you could even have it be one of the ones we know you could have had it being like we talked about before kentaro you know and you could have just had all these people just murking all these fucking lin Kuei. And all these Tarkatan. And then like it takes all of them to beat Kentaro. You know what I mean? And then, Yeah. But then they're like. And then oh man you could have ended it with Raiden being like yeah. That was just a taste of things to come. Referencing the first movie. In all it's glorious fashion. Ah. ah that would have been tight. And then you would have had Johnny Cage. You would have had that comedy element. You would have had all the characters. You could have really developed them since it was so few characters. You could have really developed them and we could have found out why they're in this tournament, why they're badasses. You could have really just developed it, man. And then in the meantime, they could have looked strong in these fights. And yeah, I like what you said. Maybe at the end there, it's Kentaro and it takes all of them to be Kentaro. And then by that time, you know, you get the tease with Raiden. And like, and that's another thing with Raiden and Shang Tsung. Man, couldn't they have thrown down a little bit at the end there? At the end of this movie? Like, I fully expected him and Raiden to fight for a little bit. But like, that didn't even happen either. You know, just nothing. And would it be kind of weird, you know, because I guess Raiden's a god and Shang Tsung, but still, they could have 
he could have shot fireballs at him and he could have thunderbolted him or something and a little sk- a skirmish. Just a skirmish. Like a man. little thing where it's like a stalemate. So yeah. Stop, like do know. a little yeah. And you know, I do something, wanna, man. I do want to comment on one last thing though, just to reference something you brought up, Justin. One reason why Sonya was the one that didn't have the powers to begin with is kind of a callback to the first game because in the first game, technically from earth realm, like directly, the only two that were invited was Liu Kang and Johnny cage. Uh, Kano was hired by, uh, Shang Tsung. And so like Sonya blade tracked him down to the boat when he got on kind of like in the first movie and then just ended up there. Now, so that is kind of a callback to that, that where she wasn't originally meant to be one of the chosen ones, but mm. became a champion of Earthrealm. But it works better in that scenario than, oh yeah, we're all chosen, and you know all about this shit, but you're not good enough yet, woman. Like, that's how it just comes across in this movie, is, yeah, no, you're you're a woman. You can't have it. <laughs> like it's so dumb how they do it in this movie. She just needed to go beat a pedophile, and apparently she would have gotten it. But no, exactly. She was just training for it, so that wasn't good enough. <laughs> like it's so dumb. Like I like I said, I get that it's a callback. It's still not handled well, though. Yeah, and then when she got her ring powers, like okay. And did anybody actually get their powers from training? Like, did anybody get their powers from doing what Luke Cage told them to do? And Kung Lao was telling them to do. Kano got his because he got mad at the dinner table. You know, and I get it. Like, we've seen anime and stuff like that where it's like, oh, you know, you're in a desperate situation and you got to unleash something inside of you. Well, then if that's what we have to do, then just say that. Don't have Luke Kang telling us that you got to achieve this through training and all this kind of stuff and then not have at least one of the characters achieve it through training. You know, just no, more you, inconsistent shit. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Justin. They all got it out of convenience. Yeah. And I, I do love the fact, though, that, like, Sonya got her arc, uh, arcana off screen, but was fully knew how to use it by the time she was back on screen. Yeah. <laughs> she already knew what her powers was. It just happened. We need to raise, like, I'm not saying we need to raise, raise our standards like us three, but collectively, as a movie-going public... We need to raise our standards because this is not good enough. It's not. We deserve better, especially right now. Like the economy of the, like the whole fucking world is trying to come back and you know, they're trying to like save movie theaters now and they're trying to get people back in theaters and reinvigorate that experience and all this shit. And this is the garbage they fucking give us. No, that's not good enough. Anyway, anybody else got any more final thoughts about Mortal Kombat? I do not. How come Raiden didn't make any of his noises? Like, from the games. I just wish that there had been something for him to do to make one of those noises, because 
I'm still waiting to hear that in the movie. I need to hear some hey, bubble, hey, or something well, that's like a that. Com- that's in Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> oh, did he? Did he make it? He did? He, he does, I guess I in forgot. In one of the fight scenes with Shao Kahn at very early in the movie, he does like a he does his little torpedo thing. He says, oh, go, go. And they legitimately, oh, they just take the audio from the game. It's not even that guy saying it. No, no, no. It's audio ripped from the game. <laughs> I forgot that. Well, okay. Maybe I'm, uh, my, maybe I was so mad at the movie that I didn't appreciate that, but he did it. He did it. So Yeah, man. I kind of missed that, man. I might need to go back and play the old games, man, because I used to pick Raiden. Because he was so fun to use because he just yells and yells and yells. And that torpedo was OP, man. Especially when they added where he could do it in the air. Dude, the way that you could murk people with Raiden, man. But anyway, I digress. Let's wrap this up. (laughs) And on that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Simple Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.simpleslayers.com or Facebook where we're Cinema Slayers Podcast, or Twitter and Instagram where we're Cinema underscore Slayers. Uh, leave us a rating and review, five stars, please, if you can. We'd really appreciate it. really helps us out. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your mothers especially, because mothers oh so love me. And as always, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. Test your mic. Test your bike. Somebody Test else. your bike. Nobody knows anything but you. Test your bike. Kano. Liu Kang. Raiden. Johnny Cage, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Sonya, Mortal Kombat! Oh my. Oh, did anybody else catch that line randomly when Luke King's like, this is where we'll test your might. Fuck this movie. <laughs>